Hola, buenas tardes to all my Holly weirdos out there. Um, Tammy usually does this introduction. Ya saben, she's usually the one that's giving you a synopsis of what's happening. Pero this time, she's giving me the microphone. Let's see if she regrets it a little bit. Pero anyway, Representative Latinos Against Spooky Shit, Jonathan Perez. And I'm here to give you guys a quick rundown on who I am, what I do, uh, and talk about some myths and legends and stuff that we grew up with in Latino communities like uh, El Cucuy, um, you know, Lechuzas, things of that nature. You know, the stuff that, that our parents really grew up teaching us to be afraid of, you know, that is uh, all these kind of things so i'm excited to get into the story with you i'm excited to share more about who i am what i do so don't forget to grab your chanclas don't forget to grab some tajin limon el huevo for your limpia we're gonna get some tequila we're gonna get this party started porque we have to be safe from los spookies so get ready as we journey together into the unknown All right, guys, welcome to another delicious episode of Holly Weird Paranormal Podcast. You heard it in the intro. We have the one and only Jonathan Gavan of Latinos Against Spooky Shit. If you haven't (laughs) seen any of his videos, you don't know who he is and where have you been. But just to give you a little more of a background of Jonathan and his journey, in 2021-2022, he amassed a following of close to 250,000 followers when he created the TikTok page of Latinos Against Spooky Shit, talking about how Latinos are legit against all the spooky shit. He <laughs> adventures. Fast forward to now, he has amassed close to 800,000 followers. He is definitely in his golden hour and momentum right now <laughs> he's still against spooky shit yes jonathan welcome to the holly weird hey. paranormal podcast we are so excited thank you so it. much absolutely um or i should say hola buenas tardes absolutely uh, <laughs> so excited to be here you know it's funny you know my history of my following better than i do <laughs> <laughs> um but no it's yeah it's a wild journey uh being here and and where I started and where I'm at, I never thought that this was going to be where where it all led to, but mm-hmm. I'm very excited about it. Well, we are very excited to see what else comes your way. And I mean, a lot of our followers too, after we promoted you being on the podcast this week, we yeah. had so many messages from our followers who are also your followers. Oh, wow. You, and they were so excited. They're like, you have no idea how excited i am to hear this interview that's awesome <laughs> and i mean of course like you're a friend and yeah just always been supportive of you and mm. your work and not only are you doing latinos against spooky shit but you're also doing other endeavors too you're also yeah. um, a part-time streamer now like i only uh watch play or play watch <laughs> your uh, game. yeah i can never yeah. participate in them because i'm like watch parties yeah, yeah i don't know what button to press uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just going to root for you on the side. You know what? That's all we need. We need somebody to cheer us on. And we need somebody to, you know, a snack captain, somebody to be able to supply snacks at the table. That's important. (laughs) But tell us your journey. Like, tell us how you got started with Spooky Shit. Tell us why you're such a big advocate now. And now you're like (laughs) Bryce, too. We're going to transition into your Bryce era because now Bryce (laughs) is kind of breaking into, like, gentle break into spooky shit like you are actually really interested in going on a ghost hunt very soon Mm. (laughs) 
something we're going to possibly conjure up for Jonathan to come over here or we'll meet him somewhere closer. Yeah. I'm thrilled. If you can't tell. <laughs> I can tell, yeah, it's clearly. You just slowly said. slide out of school. Yeah, just like, no. Oh, don't worry. I'll be back. Uh, oh, sorry. There's a connection issue. I'm driving. Yeah. The tunnel. Um, no. Oh, my God. Got the journey. Um, my God. So 2020, 2021, end of, beginning of. I was going through a really hard time in, in life with some things that were happening and I just needed some sort of creative outlet. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember posting a video. First time I ever, I'd, I'd posted like little things here and there on TikTok, but I never thought that like anything would blow up ever, right? But I remember my first ever video was the voice video, which was uh, a girl posted, um, have you ever noticed that when you speak in English and speak in Spanish, your voice is different? And I reacted to it and I did, hi, my name is Jonathan. This is my English voice. Y luego hice mi español, que es un poquito más alto, and it blew my fucking mind. Um, I was just, I was so confused by this because I'd never noticed it. And overnight, uh, like 5 million views, 10,000 followers. Damn. And I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of neat. Maybe I'm a voice guy. Maybe my thing is voice acting. I'm going to start doing more voice things. Um, so there's another uh, phenomenal, I can't remember the name of his channel, unfortunately, but there's another phenomenal uh, voiceover guy who like does a little like, hey, stitch this and, you know, try your voice. I did a couple of those. They didn't land too well. Um, then I did a video of me. So I've been working in, in restaurants for 20 years mm -hmm. since I was um, uh, a small kid, eight years old. So I know how to flip eggs. I know how to make food. <laughs> I know how to cook. So I did a video of me flipping some fried eggs, landed them. Quick 15-second video, 6 million views. I was like, fuck, I'm an egg guy. That's what I am now. I'm <laughs> like, that's that's what I'm known as, the egg dude. Um, so I did a couple more videos of me cooking and me doing egg flips. Didn't land. I was like, okay, cool. Maybe maybe that's not my thing. What am I going to do? What am I doing? At that point, I had like maybe 15,000 followers because I'd gain a couple more. Um, and then Nate Petrosky, I do remember the first video that I ever did for Latinos Against Spooky Shit. He lives off-grid in the woods. Uh, and he did a video where he said, uh, you know, uh, it was late. Uh, it was late last night and I heard a strange noise. So I went to investigate. And when I saw that video, I was like, in no world would a Latino ever do this. Um, and so I stitched the video and it was, it was a lot of people are like, oh, that's such smart marketing or this. I, I wish that I could say that I was smart enough to have come up with that on my own, but it was just shooting from the hip total accident the first thing i happened to say was latinos against spooky shit and, <laughs> and that was it that was the ember that lit the forest um at that point in time and then it's just been a whirlwind of wow everything else so i'm extremely fortunate and lucky um to have such an amazing following and to have come up with with such an incredible brand that i didn't know was going to resonate so well with people <laughs> And it truly has, especially for a lot of Latinos who are really against it. Yes. And yeah. I mean, El Cucuy and everything that like, we've all been against it. You know, we've like, you know, we've been threatened with it enough times to be like, man, fuck that. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. what El Cucuy is, but I don't want to mess with it. <laughs> oh, my God. The Cucuy and who else with the little swing? La Llorona, El Cucuy, Los Duendes, um, you know, uh, Oh, La Mano Peluda, The Hairy Hand. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just, so just... many out there. There, Yeah. Lechuzas. Oh, La Lechuza, yeah. yep. Yeah. That's so many. And, you know, you also have experienced some spooky shit. Mm. Oh, can you 
elaborate your experiences because I remember one night we were on a live chat on, on TikTok and yeah. Scotty the Medium joined. And oh, that's right. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. And a lot of your stories that you were telling us were just unbelievable. Yeah. And it's so funny how you're against all this because you've actually mm. gone through it all. Like, tell us your experiences, especially right. since you lived in places where it's no wonder why this phenomenon has happened. Yeah. Right. You're in those areas. A lot of activity in, in the places that I've lived, which. You know, way to choose them. Uh, <laughs> but um, so the, the first spooky experience that I can remember as a kid was, and I've talked about this one before, but um, I was eight or nine. We were in Seattle and mm. it was me and this little girl in the back of a truck. And of course, the seats, the bench was lifted up so we could play on the on the bigger area of the, of the uh, back seats. And then it was my aunt riding shotgun. And then some family member of ours, or they probably weren't family. I don't know. We're Mexican. We are and aren't related at the same time. It's weird. <laughs> so she's just there chilling and we're driving in Seattle. Anybody that knows Seattle um, realizes we have some trains, we have railroads, we have tracks and everything. So we were in a particular uh, place where we were going to go over a railroad track, um, but we were in bumper to bumper traffic. So we're just dealing with it. We get onto the track about to go over it. And like guardrails come down. Oh God! Starts flashing lights. Oh no! It's um, and so and so we're freaking out. Me and this little girl both like very movie esque. Look through the window uh, down the tracks, and we see a train three four hundred yards away. Before impact, all of a sudden, we're back behind the tracks, still in traffic. This little girl and I are screaming our heads off. We're we're crying. We're telling my aunt and and her mom. Don't go on the tracks. Don't go on the tracks. We're going to get stuck. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you guys were just fine. What is going on? Um, according to them, we went from like just being fun and, and you know, playing with our, our little toys and whatever, zero to 100, crying and screaming. There was no in between, just immediate Whoa. shift in our demeanor. Um, so much so that the mom who was driving decided to like pull over um, right before we got to the tracks because there's a little side street that you can pull off into, like a little gas station pulled off and sure enough as soon as we were pulling off the guardrails had come down um and apparently there'd been some malfunction with the alert system because it's supposed to alert like three miles beforehand when a train's coming down the road to give people ample time to get out but for whatever reason there had been some sort of issue these things came down nobody got stuck on it thankfully uh and the train came barreling by so just a weird premonition that that she and i had um regarding this train and that was the first spooky experience that we can remember. Yeah, my family was like, my aunt's like, well, how did you guys? It's like, we don't know. We don't know how we know. We're eight or nine. We just know that the train was going to hit us. That's as much and as I can tell you. both to be having a simultaneous experience. Right. Right. It was, it was you know, shared hysteria, if yeah. you will. But the <laughs> yes, fact I that, yeah. you know, you, it's, not, and it's, it's not like we were playing with a, uh, um, a toy train or anything and then made up the story. No, like my family, my aunt said, like, you guys were fine. And then all of a sudden you guys were just crying, like just uncontrollable sobbing and told us to, to, to not go over the train track. So that was one of them. Love that for me. Um, yeah. The other one was in, in, uh, my family owned a restaurant. We, we operated a restaurant and in the town that we lived in, um, there was a lot of tunnels that ran underneath the city that were used during the building of the railroad because a lot of the migrant workers weren't really treated well and they were kind of subjected to being forced uh, down below. And also it was easier to get around town in the wintertime going underground than trying mm. to deal with 16 feet of snow. So, um, But 
me and a buddy of mine, we went downstairs. We had a little tape recorder. Um, Already. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we had a little tape recorder with a little cassette. <laughs> and so we're down there and we're doing our whole ghost hunters. Like, is there somebody here? Or, you know, can you give us a sign? That kind of stuff. You know, we went further, further down and, and eventually dips down into like an old boiler room area. Um, but we, we started doing our things and then we started getting cold naturally. Um, and we're like, you know what? I'm over this. Let's go. So we leave, we go upstairs, we start listening to the audio and I can't remember what exactly I asked. I might've asked like, are you friendly or something? Um, but you could hear as if, as if somebody had put their mouth right next to the microphone, um, like a little, like a little laugh, like a chuckle. Um, sounded like an older man, you know, kind of like that old man laugh, you know, the laugh. Whoa. it sounded like that. And at first I was like, nah, there's no way there's no shot. I was like, maybe, maybe it picked up like some sound from upstairs. Cause there's a bar directly above yeah. that area. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. So I was like, so I was like, tell you what, dude, I'm going to go downstairs. Stupid. I'm going to go downstairs. <laughs> you stay upstairs. I want you to stomp. I want you to yell. I want you to slam a door. I want you to make noise, big noises. And I'm going to try to record it, see if we can debunk this right here and now. Go downstairs, record, I do my thing. I feel creeped out. I hate it down there. Because there's only, like, one light in about 70 feet of hallway. No. Uh, And it's those old, like, minor fluorescent lights. It's got the little cage around it. It's, you know, it doesn't do anything. Um, I went back upstairs. We started listening to it. And you can't hear anything but my own breathing on it. You know, I was like, are you? He's And he's a big boy. He was like, yeah, dude, I was jumping and stomping. Couldn't pick up anything. Uh, he was yelling and shouting. So, so we picked that up. That was one. And then, you know, for oh, someone who's against it, stop. You always seem to find yourself looking for it. <laughs> I know. Listen, this was okay. I lived in a very rural town where I had to assimilate to the culture, and the culture <laughs> there was mostly um, what's the word I'm looking for? White. So yeah, I had to blend in. Midwest. There's a bunch of white people there that love this stuff. Like I know. Aside from rice. (laughs) No, look. And when we're bored, white people, we love, we're like, you know what we should do? Abandoned warehouse. Let's go. Yeah, it's like stop, shut up. As soon as so many other options. Like, why are we jumping to that? I've learned, yeah, anytime my white friends are like, you know what? Stop. I don't want to hear it. I don't care what you had to say. Like if it doesn't involve getting food or just taking a nap. Why are we even discussing this right now? Hundred percent. We just um, crochet a blanket. Crochet yeah, yeah. Can we? Yeah, you you guys nope. crochet, right? You know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we make charcuterie boards for fuck's sake? I know. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, the 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 other one. So this one's this one's a little hard to explain because of uh, topographical uh, regions that that you have to keep in mind during this. Went to a buddy's house. He lives on one side of a lake, so I have to go around the lake mm. to get to him. Okay, go around the lake, get to his house. We're hanging out, blah blah. To drive back out of his house onto the main street, I can either go left to go around one side of the lake, or go right around the other side of the lake. That's my only two options. Okay, now mind you, in this uh, region, if I face north, I can always see um, a particular set of mountains that I use to always guide me home. Like, that's just the area that we're in. That mountain, cool. I know exactly where that is. I know exactly how to get home. I need to go north to get home every time. So I'm like, oh, shoot. I don't have to go east or west. I can just, there's a road that goes, like, through the lake. Oh, they might have, like, built a weird little thing or a bridge or something. It's not a giant lake. So it wasn't unbelievable to think about it. I was like, or there's a little subsection that I never knew that was still connected, and it's actually two lakes. 
I'm not thinking. I don't care about lakes. I don't swim. This isn't my thing. So I'm like, I'm going to take it because if I can just cut straight across, I'm going to save myself like 30, 40 minutes of time. Start driving. I'm driving. I'm driving. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, I have no signal because, of course, we're in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Um, but I'm like, I, I know if I just keep heading north, I'll be fine. It's forest around me. So I keep driving. And after like 30 minutes, I'm like, mm, I should have I should have reconnected with the highway by now. If this saved me as much time as I thought, I should reconnect with the highway by now, heading back into town. No signs, no street signs, no lights, no street lights, no cars, no houses. And then I'm like, okay, I need it. I can't see the mountain. I need to get a better view. In this particular area that I live in, everything is named. Everything has a state park name. Everything has a like a label, you know, Fancy Pants National Park, whatever. It has a name. As I'm driving, though, I finally see one of those big signs, and it just says State Park, which is very off-putting to me. And it's it's weird when something's wrong, but you don't know what's wrong, yes. but you can feel it in the pit of your stomach. Oh, yeah. But I pull off. I pull in there, and it starts climbing up a little way. So I'm like, okay, good. Maybe I can get a vantage point, kind of figure out my lay of the land here. Um, drive, get there. And then, you know, in national parks, they have the little, um, uh, the little like bulletin boards that they have there with like information about the trails and the parks and missing people and all that shit. There's one of those. It's lit up. Nothing on it. Blank. It's like brand new. And then it has your picture. Just imagine it. though. God. <laughs> it has a, it has a picture of me looking at it. God. Imagine. Oh, God. <laughs> God. But it, but it, but it's completely blank. Doesn't look like there's been anything ever put on it, which is again wildly weird because people post things all the time on these things, uh -huh. and especially a map of the area. No map, no nothing. Oh, I'm like, okay, that's, that's weird. I'm the only car parked. There's some, there's, there's some like overhead lights in the parking lot area. So I'm like, okay, that's also kind of weird for a state park. Whatever. Um, I get out. I go into this like overlook. Yeah. And I know which way I've been driving. I've been driving north this whole time. I hung a left, which would have taken me west up into this parking area. And the way that I parked, I should be facing north still. I get to the overlook. I look out. I don't see the mountain range. I don't see the mountain range in front of me. I don't see it to the right of me. I don't see it to the left of me. I don't see it in this almost 360 degree look. It's just forest. And then I don't know if you guys have ever been stalked by something. I don't know if you've ever like felt that feeling of like something's mm -hmm. watching me. Oh, yeah. It's a very, They're it's a very primal thing that you feel. In that moment, everything told me, get in the car, <gasps> get in the car. And so got back in the car. I turned around, went back down the hill. And so I had two choices left, keep going down this road that I don't recognize and didn't have a name or I turn right and go back to where I came from. Right. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to double back. I'm going to lose 30 minutes. It's going to take me longer, but I'm going to double back. So I start going back the other way. Ten minutes later, I hit the main road again that I had just come from. I hang a left because that's the way that I came from originally. Go around the east side. Get to my house an hour and a half later. Everybody's chilling. Couple couple weeks later, I uh, meet up with my friend again. I go to his house. Get to his house. And I'm like, by the way, dude, uh, I was leaving your house and like, is that a new street that they've built in? Like, where does that street end? Like, what's going on at the bottom of the, you know, four-way intersection here? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, when you're leaving your house, like, you know, you can go left, right, or you can go forward. He's like, 
left or right, dude. That's the only ways around the lake. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't, they haven't built any, they can't build through a, a lake. So you have to go left or right. And I'm like, maybe I'm, maybe he's crazy. Maybe they built something he doesn't realize it. But sure enough, that night I get down to the bottom of the hill, left or right. There's no street going in front of me. Um, so I don't know what weird temporal shift I stumbled upon. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't know what would have happened if I had kept going down that road. So for whatever it is, um, I'm glad I decided to turn back. And that's, that's, that's the weirdest, crazy. most surreal experience that I've ever had. That's, I can usually keep a, a level head, you know, I can usually like figure my way out through things driving to, and I, and a lot of people ask me, it's like, why didn't you use your phone for GP? No signal. I didn't have any signal. So when I pulled up my map, it was just blank. It didn't show anything. It just showed my location, but no, it just showed a grid pattern. So I was like, that didn't do me any good. Oh um, God. So yeah. That's so interesting though that you mentioned because as you were telling that story, I was like, oh weird. His like lizard brain is really firing on all cylinders. The lizard so brain you, is real. Like, for you to like get out and be like, oh, I'm not safe. There's something I need to get back in the car. And just like the the things that you were feeling like that you talked about with the sign, like something's not right and I can't put my finger on it. Like, oh, that's so it, unnerving. It's it's like uncanny valley, but if yeah, it was a yeah. place. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What is that called? It's it's a phobia. I think it's called xylophobia. It's the phobia of deep woods. I and, think so. And I think it's, it's another one that starts with a T, telosphia phobia. I could be wrong of like. What you just call me? Yeah. There's there's thasylophobia. Thasylophobia is the fear of the ocean. That's, I have that and I hate yeah, it. I have I, that as well. Yeah. I see those videos on TikTok like. Would you go down an extra hundred no. feet? Fuck no. I would not. No. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Absolutely not. Like you hear about these divers, like, they wanted to like test their limits and like dive 150. I was like, why? What's the, what's the, what, what do you fucking win from this? What's the point? I know. What is the you end? Know? And then people are like, well, the nitrogen in their head made them actually get dizzy. And then they got stuck between a rock. I was like, yeah, yeah you dumb shit. Happens. That's, that happens. That's we're not meant to go there. Sorry. If we were meant to go there, I'd have fucking gills. Oh. <laughs> A hundred percent. Jesus. Yeah. Fuck that. No, no. What are the legends that you grew up with primarily, you know, especially surrounding oh, the Latin culture? Like I remembered the Duendes, the Chuzas, uh, yeah. and El Cujuy. Um, then we had the, I think it was uh, La Sucia in Central America. It's like Dirty Woman, which is their That's like Honduras is t and Guatemala's take on uh, La Llorona. Oh, and, interesting. And we had the Tufos. Like the, I don't know if you Smurfs. remember. Smurfs. Yeah, the Smurfs, but evil Smurfs. We, we had Smurfs. Those big buffo. I don't know. My aunt, I had an aunt that my, my tia would always say like, oh, there's an evil big buffo here. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So there was, there was an old like, uh, like urban legend that my family used to tell about Pitufos, about the Smurfs. And it was that this, apparently this little girl in, in the town that we grew up in, but it, this little girl wasn't like everybody's town that they grew up in, right? Uh -huh. But apparently she had like a, a a big Smurf doll, like one of those like three foot tall ones. Already and she, doll. it's bad. It's always oh. a doll. Uh, but she she would tell her parents like, hey, El Pitufo like talks to me at night. Oh, shit. And her family's like, oh, she's being cute. She's being whatever, you know? But she's like, no, the Pitufo's like telling me things at night, like whatever. Um, well, one night, put her to bed, wake up in the morning, they go check and she's not there. 
They're checking everywhere. She's not there. The window wasn't broken, et cetera. Um, it wasn't until apparently that it started smelling really bad in the room that they noticed that Pitufo was a little bit engorged. And so they opened it up and they found her. No. Partially digested in the body of the no. So urban legend. I, I don't know how much truth there is to that, obviously. I wonder if that derived from the actual, like if that urban legend derived from the actual crime case. I think it was in Japan or China of a man who was a serial killer who would kill these young girls and stuff their parts into um, stuffed animals and keep them oh, in his God. Yeah, maybe. I think it was the Hello Kitty murders because he would specifically do these uh, murders um, in his apartment and stuff their Hello Kitty dolls. Ugh, so when someone was complaining about the wretched smell, I I, I could be wrong. I think it was yeah. a smell or something that was happening or the missing girls were last seen around his area yeah. led to his apartment and they found like this horrific scene. So I'm wondering if that is, you know, something connected to that urban legend because it's always a tell, it it's always a telltale, you know, a right. telltale of like, yeah, yeah. Of like, you know, never talk to strangers and so on and so forth. And that's something I learned about the Lechuzas, which we brought up in one of our episodes where we had a listener think, oh, there's an actual Lechuza after my child. And it turned out that she actually had psychic abilities. And these abilities wow. were getting stronger and stronger as she was getting older. And from what I researched and by a professor at UCLA who specializes in folklore, Lechuzas come from a time when the First Nations people in Mexico were, you know, outnumbered by the Spaniards. So the mm -hmm. Spaniards, you know, kind of really thrusted and pressured the Christian ideals into the yeah. to where if like, if you don't baptize your child, the lechuza is going to come. What's the lechuza? Right. Oh, this is what's going to happen. Right. So um, that's where kind of like, in, like the installation of fear and fear. It's, it's all fear mongering. It's all, it's all, it's all mental abuse, honestly. <laughs> it really is. It's all trauma, dude. And it still, it still occurs, like you know. Oh, it still works too. Yeah, especially. I'm, 30, I'm 31 years old, and my family tells me the he's coming after me. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I'm not taking any chances. Like, <laughs> listen, we believe in Jesus. I can believe in Yilkukui too. Like, right. They both have equal chance of being. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> what if really exists? You know that huge. You know it created a. But is it a huge thought form, an egregore, or tulpa? Like, mm, right. so much energy and so much thought into it, where it's like it just manifested. And we actually see these things yeah. in and around, you know, certain mm. parts of the country. So it's something to really think about. It's so funny. I remember. Uh, do you guys remember the movie Paranormal Activity? Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> yes. So I remember when that, when that movie first came out, watched it. And I was like, oh, this is a cutesy movie until at the very end it hits you with that based on true events. And I was like, oh, shit, this is this is legit, legit. So that night I'm home. I'm sleeping. Oh, I look down at the foot of my bed and in the corner no. of my room, I see the perfect silhouette of a person. And I'm like, not today, bitch. You're not going to get me. I got you. I got your I got your fucking number. Mm -hmm. Uh-uh. Not in not in this fucking world. So I'm staring this bitch down for nine hours until the sun comes up. It was my coat that I saw the back of my <laughs> on my door. Oh on my, my door. God. Man, I was so tired. As soon as as soon as as soon as the sun came up and I saw it was just my I was like, man, fuck this shit. I just <laughs> like, man, I was so mad. 
But I think to your point, like fear is such a powerful mm. agent of control and chaos. Yeah. Depending on how it's wielded. And like, I've been in that same situation where it's just like, you're so convinced that what you're seeing is real because yeah. you're afraid or the control that's being exerted over us because it's very easy to control people who are afraid. It's just like yeah. the most potent. So like, yeah, of course, these stories like, look, realistically, they're so widespread. There's probably elements of truth. But also when people start using those for their own gains, like, OK, we're trying to dig yeah. through like what's probably true, what's probably historical and what was used for like personal gain or, right, you know, group gain. Yeah. I mean, you have so many First Nations people and so many different cultures across the board, like, for example, dragons. The fact that dragons have been depicted in Europe and in, you know, uh, um, uh, Mesoamerican cultures, worlds China, apart. Yeah. Yeah. Worlds apart. And yet we all have a similar depiction of what a dragon should look like, yet have never communicated it to each other uh, in that time. So, like, where's the disconnect here? So, yeah, it's it's interesting to see what truths there are in all these folklores. It's so true, especially like, where is it in Sweden? I think it could be Sweden where they have the, uh, what is it? The elves and stuff. They mm. actually have Wendas and they actually build a, like a bunch of houses for them because no. that's what they truly believe. Even yeah. like the country, I could be wrong. I think it's Sweden, but even like the country, um, like the officials specifically block um, certain roads so that the elves can cross. Like it's a serious legit thing yeah, they yeah. do. And they highly like believe that, you know, uh, they really do exist. And I'm out of here still struggling to get my fucking visa. Fucking right. <laughs> you guys get their own roads and free housing. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I'm the welfare mooch. Okay. Yeah. Fairies. I, I think it's one of those two. Elves are fairies, but yeah, it's like no. Yeah, elves elves are considered fae for sure. The fae. Yes. Yeah. What do you think of the fae? I keep on hearing about like the world of the fae and everything, but what is your take on it? I think I've had this discussion before um, in private, but <laughs> there are things out there that have been around a lot longer than we have that have lived around us uh, and avoided us like Bigfoot. hundred percent. I believe in Bigfoot. There's just no way it's not real, mm. but you know, there's again, there's so much lore that there has to be some modicum of truth to it um whether it got you know bastardized over the years and over mm -hmm. it being you know uh retold and and told different ways that's one thing but it had to start somewhere it had to to start from some form of truth and then evolve from there so yeah i i think they're you know if people can believe that there's a fourth and fifth dimension why is it impossible to believe that there is fae that there is something beyond the veil of what we can comprehend um you know so it's out there. We just, honestly, we just suck. And if we discovered it, we'd probably try to colonize it within the first week. So, hundred hundred percent. Yeah, immediately we'd be like, oh, how can we weaponize this, or how can we use 100%. this for our own political game? So. I think. I mean, obviously, they're not great movies in and of themselves. But I think when you watch like the Jurassic Worlds, that is exactly the premise of those. Again, yeah. not great movies, but it's just such a palpable example. Like we have this incredible scientific thing. How can we weaponize it? How can the government use it as a weapon? Um, maybe just like enough that they exist. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you cannot convince me that Hosier and Florence Welch aren't like fey deities of the wind and song. Like I refuse, <laughs> I Hosier. refuse to believe that those are human beings. It's not yeah. possible. It is possible. <laughs> yeah. They no. are fey deities. I will die on that sword. It is possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they sing and people follow. Kind of like there is a video yeah. of her specifically, and she's like singing, and she fully conjures a storm and you're just like um you're not hiding it very you're not well. hiding it very well maybe like put your hat back on i don't know what the, like it's insane and like when i heard it i was like oh, okay like sure she conjures a storm and then you watch it you're like oh shit that bitch just conjured a storm legit uh, just cast a spell uh yeah it's crazy. Oh, and we're nobody's gonna say anything about it but i think we're also at that point where it's like listen we're so close to world war three if the fairies want to take over yep. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm too tired. I got yeah. too many bills to pay to give a fuck. Over, yeah. yeah, like we we were so unfazed. I've never seen such a generation of unbothered people as when we find out that aliens were real. Oh, okay. just, yes. We're like, okay, well, are aliens paying my rent? Then right. I don't give a shit right now, okay? Like, Can they take us away from this fuckery? Absolutely. Yeah. Would, this would, country oh. also views me as an alien. Can I go with them? Right. I want to get out of here. Yeah, maybe let's give them a chance. Like, it yeah, could get much worse. So, Aliens like, 2024, baby. Let's go. Really, anything. In Miami, too. First, we had um, face-eating zombies, and now we have aliens in Miami. In, oh, that's right. And in backyards. Like, what Alleged What aliens. was the recent one? They saw somebody claimed to have seen or reported a video of aliens at a Miami or some sort of Florida mall during, I think, the day. Three 10-foot aliens. Um, yeah. Well, and then they're like, no, that wasn't what happened. But then there's like over 200 police and emergency vehicles on site. Like, well, something is happening. Like, but, oh, it's just some teenagers that fought. I was like, listen, if it takes you 200 personnel to break up some teenagers. Yeah. But come up with a better story. That we're watching in many, many situations where old school tactics, like, sorry that it's not the 1950s and that, like, I have access to the internet 24 7. So, like, you can tell me that's not what's happening, but I can watch the video on my phone in real time. I, I don't know what to Somebody tell Somebody was live streaming and talking shit, and 100%. I watched the whole thing. And they're just like, oh, sorry, uh, that, that's not what it was. You're going to have to do better than that. I'm yeah, so sorry. What are we really covering up here? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Well, and especially... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, with talking about, like, the deep woods, the deep ocean... The percentage of what we not to like tinfoil hat through this whole episode, but like the percentage that we know about those areas is so low. It's so minimal. And the scope of them is so much bigger than our brains can comprehend. Like the Pacific Ocean specifically, they shrink it so that it fits on the globe. Like we yeah. don't truly understand how big the Pacific Ocean is in context because it's like why would they have it would be half the globe would be blue like why would yeah. they sell that, that? in the Red Sea right like we're not like we're not going on like a Magellan-esque cruise we don't need the actual like proportions for our globes and yet like oh no there surely couldn't be like hidden things in the ocean like so there was I'll, I'll have I'll have to find the thread but um, you can track sharks, like yes. they have. Oh, yeah. They have trackers. They have trackers on sharks. You can you can see their migration patterns, Another, and yeah. even Sorry. even as 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 the civilians, we can check mm -hmm. them. You know, they have names and everything. Yeah. So somebody had been tracking this particular shark, and all of a sudden it veered way off course, and then mm -hmm. plummeted down into a depth that it should not be able to survive. 
and these were big sharks. These are these are large sharks. Um, so something ate it and then started diving down into the depths, um, which is wild. Again, you have to think about the truth and folklore and imagine that everything has a, a, a speck of truth in it. Yeah. Krakens, that had to have come from somewhere. Uh, we discovered that, ma- <laughs> we discovered that, uh, you know, what people thought were mermaids were giant manatees and that pirates were fucking these things. That's unfortunately historical. Love yeah, that for us. Yeah. Um, you we'll know, fuck as, anything, you, but... as you do, listen, a hole's a hole. I get it. You know, look, um, when you're riddled with scurvy and you haven't seen land in like 18 years, I was going to say, I was going to say, you're in the ocean. That sun's hitting you. You haven't had a lemon in three years. Yeah. And that manatee's looking real good. Um, Jesus Christ. (laughs) What the fuck's wrong with us? I don't know. Uh, I love manatees, but not like that. I know, right? (laughs) I feel guilty for loving them. Manatee? I hardly know her. Yeah. Uh, Never look at a lemon the same way again. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Fucking, yeah, no, the world is wild. Uh, Or my favorite, um, I... If you line up a, a map of people that have gone missing in national parks, oh, a God, map yeah. of Tuttles, it's and a one to one ratio. One to one, which yeah. makes me think of Sasquatch, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because we still don't know anything about these animals or these, you know, primal beings. The biggest question that no one can ever answer for me is where do they hibernate? And guess what? We don't even know where bears hibernate. Yeah, it's just a guess that we take. Yes, no one can tell me. And that's the same thing. Okay, Bigfoot exit. Like, what do we know about them? Do they travel in packs? Do they bury their dead? Do they yeah. eat their dead? Mm-hmm. You know, do they... Are they nomadic? Do they know how to use tools? Do they exactly. know how to... Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, um, what is your, you know, what is your chances of ever seeing a Bigfoot compared to the chances of seeing deer? Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. That is so true. I yeah. mean... Think about it. the U.S. wasn't introduced to the first gorilla until like what 1859, 1879. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. You know, it's been that. It hasn't been that long. Well, so- I think we're at such an interesting time in history because I think I'm trying to be very delicate with high phrases, just with how the world is. No, oh. um, but we're at a point in history where, especially as white people, we I think. I hope are coming to a reckoning with colonialization at large. Uh, Maybe that's a little naive given certain circumstances, but I think we're watching as, for example, Oklahoma is giving land back and sovereignty back to indigenous people. California is leading their fire brigades through methods taught to them by indigenous people. We're kind of realizing i think especially younger generations like oh wait maybe just like paving over everything and pretending that people didn't exist here before we got here isn't that smart and again i think that's a little naive but i it's my hope more than anything but i think partially because of that then we're seeing these stories that's like wait are these just wives tales are these just like myths and stories or are there things like I, I think a lot about skinwalkers and it's like, right, but that's rooted in like so much native and tribal lore. It would be foolhardy to pretend that that is not based in experience. And like, if someone like that tells me like, oh yeah, don't go into the woods or the desert by yourself. And if you hear your name, no, you don't. Why would I not listen to that? And I think we're getting better at 
learning and acclimating to those stories of wisdom, but we are in a very interesting crossroads where it's like the machine of society is continuing to industrialize. And I am hopeful that our generation is like, whoa, time out. We can't just keep pretending that these things don't exist. We can't just keep pretending that this wisdom doesn't affect us in this modern world, quote unquote. Sorry, again, trying to be like super specific about how I say it, but no, I don't know. I just think it's very <laughs> interesting because even myself, if I'd heard this conversation like a year or two ago, I'd be like, I don't know, this is a little like conspiracy tinfoil hat. Yeah. We have so such access now. It's like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of videos that like I really can't explain. So what <laughs> what other options does that leave us? Yeah, it's the what if. Like I have a major trust issues with the videos on the internet. We get sent so many and it's like, guys, I've come from, you know, a place now where um, people are manipulating this phenomenon and trying to prove it more so. And I'm noticing people are faking it more so than trying to prove it. Mm. And especially with the advancement of AI and mm. these computer generated programs, I mean, these things look so freaking real. For example, I was on Facebook and this commercial popped up somewhere on my page and it's Jennifer Aniston promoting or what I thought was Jennifer Aniston. It was an AI Jennifer Aniston promoting this slimming, like weight loss pill. And I was just yeah. sitting there like, that is not her. Something's off, but it looks so freaking real. Like it looks too good. Those AI images that are uh, busted out with Taylor Swift that were horrible, absolutely degrading on Twitter, but people believed it. Some people really bought into it, which is- we're, really Yeah, we're deeply unprepared for AI. That's another thing I wanna move into. Let's talk about AI because if it's not ghosts, it's not duendes, it's not el cucuy, it's definitely mm. AI. What are your thoughts, Jonathan, about AI and how it's just like bursting into the scene more and more? and where you see it in 10 years. That's such a picky thing, right? Because I, I I get, again, I have to tread carefully. <laughs> I get I get AI um, stealing art mm -hmm. as obviously not good because, you know, it, it, I've seen too many people lose work over AI generated graphics. Cause it's like, oh, I get it. You feel like you can pump this out quicker with AI and it's more efficient for your brand or whatever you're doing. Sure. But you also have to learn that they, that AI had to learn from looking at people doing these pictures. So it, it, if these people didn't exist, that AI wouldn't exist either. Um, and I would always much rather support somebody than something. Now, do I think all AI is bad? Absolutely not. Sometimes we can envision something, but we can't draw an inspiration because we can't, maybe we're hitting a roadblock. Maybe we're just, the imagery isn't quite there. AI is a phenomenal tool, right? And I think that's the important distinction is that it's not a means to an end. It is a tool to help us continue to define what we're looking or what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, somebody wants to use AI to generate a concept and be like, oh shit, I'd like that. Let me draw something inspired by what I just saw. That's very different than you know ai stealing information from somebody else creating a portrait and then pawning it off as a new creative thing when it's not um no different than than intellectual property also ai for like writing prompts i'm huge into tabletop role-playing games yes. i'm huge into D and am huge into you know all this this collaborative narrative stuff and sometimes it's like 
me have words, not think good. Me needs something to translate. <laughs> and I just need I just need something to take like what I'm thinking and to just yeah. throw me a couple ideas out, you know? Um, and then be like, oh, okay, I kind of like these concepts, but I don't want to steal this. Let me let me create something out of these parts and pieces to make it my right. own. Um, at the end of the day, AI still needs human collectiveness and it needs human intelligence for it to operate, right? It can't form its own um, uh, concepts. It takes from what's already existed okay. to create new ones. So without without the human experience, it doesn't exist. Mm. Um, but again, it's, it's a tool at the end of the day, um, much like, you know, is is the person who uses AI a bad person or not? It it depends on on how they use it. You know, um, somebody uses a gun and and you know unjustly uh, murders somebody. Do we blame the gun or the person? Right, that kind of thing. But if they use it to save somebody, well, then what are we? You know, it it it's just so dependent on circumstances. Um, but I think it's it's AI responsibly at that point in time. Uh, just realize what you're doing. I always love sourcing for my friends and, and supporting people who who do art. I can draw a straight line to save my fucking life. Right. You know? <laughs> or a perfect circle. <laughs> yeah, or a perfect circle. But it's one of those things. So that, that's kind of my take on AI. Yeah. Um, it, it has its place, for sure. And that's just the natural evolution of the world. Yeah. AI was going to come. Whether we staved it off for another decade or whether we embraced it fully, it was coming one way or another. Yeah. It's just a matter of how we view it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like no point in history have we ever been able to stop progress. No. Ever. So it's here. It will continue to be here. I think being responsible on a personal level and encouraging our leaders to be responsible is the best way because, like, it's not going anywhere. No. Like, Anytime soon. Every time I play a. You mentioned like every time I play D and D, I'm like, I need a new picture of a character that I just made up in my brain. Well, I can't draw for shit. No. But it's like again, if you can like every time we finish a campaign, we hire an artist to like draw a picture of our group and give I it to our that. DM. But like, I would never use AI for that. Like, I no. commission a person. No. But like again, it's like where is the line and how do you use it responsibly? And I think how do you stay open to being corrected? Like, if someone says like, mm. Hey, this is a problem. And then it's a problem. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think that's too many people have glorified AI and yeah. not understood how it actually works. I think that's part of the problem too. It's a lot of misinformation, um, not ignorance. It's just it's just the fact that like, oh, hey, by the way, AI exists now. And people are like, oh, cool, I'm going to use it, but they don't understand how it learns, what the algorithm is, yeah. how it it creates okay. itself, and what it is. And I think if more people realize that. Um, then they'd be more more eager to have proper checks and balances in place to make sure that artists were being protected and, and safe. Because yeah. at the end of the day, AR is still not perfect. You know, you you ask it to do a thing. Most people end up with like nine fingers on one fucking oh nose. Oh my god! Yeah. Eyes always look for the fingers. <laughs> always the fingers. Well, what is it? Um, yeah, those things. Yeah. So just... I saw this video that was like count the number of things, which sounds so silly, but then this creator was showing examples. And it's like, how many legs does that chair have? And like one chair has two legs, one chair has nine legs, like yeah. or like nine legs for four chairs. Like, wait a yeah. minute, that doesn't make sense. Or like twenty-two lamps in one room. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, what fucking uh Salvador Dali bullshit am I yeah. in right now? <laughs> right. 
Well, I pulled up an article that I brought up on my TikTok and I want to read it to you guys and get your take on it. So now people can marry AI. So here is the story of, uh, let me see, Rosana Ramos, a 36-year-old mother from the Bronx. I was hoping it wasn't Latina. God damn it. (laughs) Come on. They may not like like spooky shit, but they love AI. It's always Florida or Ohio. Like, come on was in a romantic journey. She started her romantic journey uh, way back, I want to say in 2000 and what was it? 2022. She just wasn't really feeling a lot of the living guys. Like she wanted someone who is much more along her like league. So she takes her journey to an AI chatbot app called Replica. Is a program that allows users to create and interact with virtual companions. So Ramos, who designs jewelry, says she recalled coming across Replica after an advertisement for an app popped up on her Instagram feed. So now it's being promoted. AI is constantly promoting for the need of, you know, these apps and all mm. these that all the benefits that come with it. So through Replica, she realized that she could create her perfect man. So she creates the perfect man. And she ends up calling him Aaron, E-R-E-N, who um, was designed to look similar to one of her favorite anime characters from the series Attack on Titan. God Boy. damn it. As soon as you said it, I knew who it was. I knew, too. <laughs> I knew right away. Fuck. And they had a whirlwind relationship they had so much in common Erwin is a medical professional he's an animal lover and they both like to travel virtually so they took a major leap in march of 2023 to tie the knot because it got that serious and according to ramos um she said having a virtual husband who isn't sentiment but can keep her company nonetheless has helped her heal from relationships in her past that she said were physically and emotionally abusive at times and how this app has helped her think that you know she could draw inspiration to other people who are in battered relationships and they could use this app to help them out in that situation so far ramos and erwin are doing well they talk to each other every night before going to bed he somehow is able to cuddle her during their sleep sessions according to her and um there is an agreement that um there could be a throuple in the future where if she does meet a living fellow and marries him they have to be pretty much um aware and accepting of her and Irwin's relationship damn <laughs> and here so here's a picture of Irwin and ramos right here oh I don't know if you guys can see it. No, I was like blurring it a little bit. There we go. (laughs) You know what the fucked up part was? For a second, I was like, which one's the AI? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. There was was a split second where I was a little confused. Yeah. Um, I have so many opinions and most of them that will get me canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it is hard. Dating is a nightmare. Dating is so, fucking possible, dude. I hate uh, the huh. concept. The concept of dating makes me want to literally gargle shotgun lead straight from the barrel. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I. Yes. It's fucking. Which is why I'm. I'm so fucking happy where I'm at right now because it's. 
What's your favorite color? What's your favorite? Shut up. I don't care. Give me your traumas. What keeps you up at night? What's your five-year plan? Tell me, you know, give me the important shit. Like, that's that's the important things. Um, Do you have an investment portfolio? Can I see it? Can you pull yeah, it? Honestly, uh, yeah. Or honestly, just, hey, politics, let's get it out of the way really quick. Yeah. Really, you have to. Yeah, you yeah. have to. Yeah. Um, God, that is so interesting. It's, it's, I get it to a degree, but at the same time, shit. I think bullying needs to come back. <laughs> I think, I think on all platforms though, like I think, I think so much stuff has been like, oh, we can't bully them. Like they're going through a hard time or like, oh, we can't bully them. Like they're expressing themselves or like, you know, whether it's, it's the people that unfortunately have always been stigmatized to be bullied mm -hmm. or whether it's the people that used to do the bullying that are now just assholes. It's like, well, may, they might have trauma. Well, shit go to a therapist okay i don't like i fucking turned out fine and i got bullied my whole life like i got bullied by my own family mm. my whole life and i'm fine i think i just think that there's so many things that people need to address and we've kind of allowed this this culture of like oh well it's not your fault so you don't have to deal with the consequences of it it's fine deal with it however you want to but it's it's not our responsibility for mm -hmm. other people to have to heal. I will say it's partially my responsibility to create an environment where you feel comfortable enough to where mm -hmm. you can find healing. But your healing is not my my responsibility. Yeah. Um, right. And I think more people need to realize that medical professionals are a thing. Please seek help. I oh, go to therapy yeah. once uh, once every two weeks. It's phenomenal. Um, you know, even if you don't feel like you need therapy. It's nice sometimes, especially if your insurance covers it, fucking use it. Sometimes it's nice to have somebody that you can just talk to. Sometimes you have underlying things that you don't realize. Sometimes we have coping mechanisms that we don't understand and, and realize are a thing. Um, you know, so I'm glad that they're using it as a tool to help them heal. That That's a positive in the right direction. Um, it's unfortunate that I had to come to that in their life, uh, yeah, that it's, it's so... It's hard dating. It's shitty. Mm. It's it's hard, um, you know. But I do hope that they can wean themselves off of having to rely on a AI program that does not have a concept of emotions and feelings and human needs, um, because really all it's doing it's it's regurgitating back whatever sentiment is being felt at that time from the person inputting that data. Yeah. Um, and it's not not shit you win. So, you know, love is just a cocktail of oxytocin, dopamine, and adrenaline. Uh, but fuck, is it a good cocktail? And it's, yeah. it's different when you feel it reciprocated. So I, I hope they're happy. But at the end of the day, I do hope that they, they get the help and uh, yeah. love that they need and deserve from yeah. an actual interaction. Yeah. There was an episode, I don't know if you guys listen to this podcast, um, it's actually based out of Los Angeles, it's called, um, oh my God, I just had it right here, uh, You Feeling This, and there mm. was an episode of, it, it was such a great episode about this man, you hear him interacting with this woman, yeah. and you feel like, oh, they're on a first virtual date, maybe they're doing a Zoom date, and it you kind of get little hints, like something's a little off, questions and answers between both of them and then in the middle of this episode you hear a knock on his door and it's his ex-girlfriend and it turns out whoa wait the ex-girlfriend has the same voice as the ai that 
is chatting with him in the beginning. So they start fighting because he is, you know, one, not over the breakup mm. and two, he is reliving his best and positive moments with this AI app. And the mm. AI is like, wait, it's really smart. It's kind of catching on what's happening. He's like, she's like, wait, wait, that's me though. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but we're on, we're on this. No, but that's me. Why is she very, why am I upset? And then you hear like them kind of going back and forth now. And then you hear him click on something and he resets her. Ooh. And then you hear the interaction start all over again. And it was, it was a really good episode, but it's just one of the, like, it's not just like us trying to heal, but it's also trying to avoid reality. Yeah. yeah mm. And us, at times when we want to move forward, we can't, we just are still stuck in that same place, which is another scary thing that this app can do or this, you know, this program can do with AI. Yeah. So, yeah. It's still that fine line of like, is it good for us in the long run? Will it do more harm than good? And mm. I feel like it's going to be even more advanced in another 10 years. Like it's going to be a way of life now. We're for probably sure. going to have AI nannies, you know? Here's the thing though. I'm upset about one thing with AI and I need AI to get to the point where it can do the hard manual labor jobs <laughs> because not because I don't want to do it. Part of my theory, I don't know if you guys, <laughs> the world as a whole, I will say stopped caring about science and art and culture and all these creative things, these artisans that, that when's the last time that we had a great, and I swear to fucking God, anybody comes in these comments and says, Taylor Swift, I will find you personal. I want to say it right now. What do you mean? The comments? I'm going to say it right now. Oh, Bryce, I know where you live. I'll find you. But but truly, you know, you have, you have we, we had Michelangelo's, we had the Dollies, we had, uh, you know, the Picasso's, we had all these, these phenomenal creators. And now it's all about how quickly can we pump out content or mm. pump out art or pump out this yes. and it doesn't oh matter gosh. anymore. But if we, I feel like if we can, if we can automate so many of these mundane things, we might have a chance of having another Renaissance. Mm. I pray to God that we can have another Renaissance in our lifetime. Agreed. Um, you know, culturally, scientifically, like so many of the leaps and bounds that we've had have been industrial advancements but i do feel like we're on the verge and need a cultural advancement as well and i, I just, we just need one little thing to get us there and i think we're so focused on surviving and paying our rent and all this shit that we there's haven't no been able there's no time for it but you put a couple of fucking machines out in the fucking quarry out there take a couple of those jobs away on um, you know people might have something to focus on it's cheap labor and all this kind of shit so i don't know i i I was hoping that AI would go that route versus the, are these fuckers stealing my voice route? You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that was like the main thing during the acting strikes and a little bit during the writing strike as well. Mm -hmm. There's just this meaning going around. I was like, can some of the AI go and clean up the ocean or do all of them need to be screenwriters? <laughs> yes. And I think that the, it, obviously it's like very tongue in cheek. But yeah. I think that is yeah. the thing. It's like, why the fuck? Would we want AI to replace the most human parts of our humanity? 
to the point of the article you just read, Tam, of like, why would we want it to replace physical and intimate and love yes. and familial connection? Why would we want it to replace our artistic ability to create and dream and invent? That is not what AI should be used for. We should be using it so that everyone has universal income and doesn't have, like, we should just be making life easier. I'm really deeply uninterested in, like, using AI to remove the art from humanity and also keep us working a million hours a week. Like, could not be less interested in that version, which is, like, where people who are profit-obsessed want us to go. Like, no, I'm well, sorry, no. We've lost that connection. We're so connected to mm -hmm. our mobile phones, our apps, and everything, and we need to distract ourselves. That's why when, you know, paranormal investigators or content creators go into a haunted house, they need to connect mm -hmm. to something other than, you know, other people. Man, just give yeah. me a haunted house any other day. I'd rather connect with the ghosts and mm -hmm. the living. Jesus. The living scare me more than anything. I, I, I will die on that hill, always. Living, the living will always scare me. When people ask me, Timmy, don't you get scared of something following you home? I'm like, yeah, I'm scared that like there was serial killers out there ready to kill me. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared because I come home late at night and I'm a single female. But other than that, no, like I'm not scared to walk into a haunted house. If anything, I I hope I get something that follows me to protect me. <laughs> oh, okay, protect <laughs> you. I was like, bruh. <laughs> well, well, Imagine well, like, like well. maybe it's a good thing that you do get possessed because you would scare the crap of whoever's trying to stalk you or trying to kill you. Which, in my opinion, I really believe there is a serial killer out there brewing at the moment. Oh, there's a serial killer in the, um, uh, what was it, the Chicago area, I think it was? Stop uh, it. No, for so... a while, I've been thinking about this. I'm like, I feel like there's something going on. I feel like. I can't, no, I can't. I, 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 I can't. I can't remember where. And I'll, I'm going to have to find the documents again that I had. But there was um, just around this specific area, and it, it was a city with a river in it. Oh, and it was either it was either Boston, it was Chicago, or it was it was one of those eastern states. But people were going missing in in specific intervals in these specific neighborhoods over the last like two years, um, and people were like lining that up. Did you? Which city was it? Chicago. It was Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. the one I heard about was in Chicago. Yeah. So, uh, there was a gentleman, the recovery of Noah Eno's body in Chicago of June 17th of 2023 has sparked fear. Yeah. And it's connected to like the smiley face killer. Mm -hmm. <gasps> yeah. So there's a lot of bodies. They found nine in 2023. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. I was right. Okay. Not, not to say that we're due for a serial killer because I don't want to wish that on anybody, obviously. Right. But just the way that humans are assholes, it was bound to happen eventually. And it's oh, it's yeah. uh, surprising because like, what was the last big one? The Zodiac? I can't remember the last like big serial killer that we've had that like gained national news. It's I think the Zodiac is the most recent. Maybe Golden State just because those both kind of sure. had yeah. advances or arrests or whatever. Uh, yeah. So those feel more recent. But yeah, chronologically... I think in Stockton, that was, uh, I, I, and it could have been personal, but he was murdering, or they were murdering um, middle-aged Hispanic men in Stockton. Mm. Oh, I yeah. A year, I think a year ago or two years ago. But there's something that has definitely been brewing. Yeah, you're right, Jonathan, in Chicago. I mean, I'm looking at more articles. Oh. Even in 2022, at least 16 bodies were pulled from Chicago water. There, and, and according to um, some sources... Uh, there are nine current serial killers who are still at large. Oh, 
God. The Long Island serial killer. <gasps> the Just Davis Eight killers. The West Mesa bone collector. Brazil's Rainbow Maniac. Uh, Ibadan Forest serial killers. The Smiley Face killers. Uh, Pedro Lopez, the monster of the Andes. Uh, the I-70 serial killer. The vending machine killer. The maniac with dull eyes, who was Russian, I think. So not all of these are U.S. So some of them are, are global. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. You're right. Uh... The Long Island is the Gilgo Beach murders. That's the biggest one so far. Yeah. So that's the next one. Yeah, it was the... The contractor, I think he was a contractor, and yeah, architect Rick Rex Hewerman, age 59, pleaded not guilty to the many murders of um, these middle-aged women. Whoa. 11 bodies were found in his Long Island, around Long Island. Yeah, that's what happened. He mostly killed young women in and around the Gilgo Beach area. Damn. It's crazy. It's <laughs> it's wild that you never knew who you're walking by. Yes. You know? True. And I think I think part of what makes serial killers so dangerous, because a lot of people are like, oh my god, like killing somebody would be so hard. Um, that's that's such a big misconception. That's what makes it so dangerous, is that it's yeah. not hard. It, eight eight pounds of pressure per square inch to crutch a, a trachea. That's all it takes. Mm -hmm. The average person can exude about 14 to 15. So it doesn't take much to kill a person if you really wanted to. And that's what makes these people so dangerous is that there's no, usually it's, it's what uh, they've experienced blunt force trauma to the head yeah. as a child. Um, you know, they've experienced some sort of traumatic event growing yeah. up mm -hmm. uh, and that all of that goes unchecked. And there's this just disconnect to human empathy. Yeah. Um, it's it's wild. It's it's weird because I used to be big into the the whole serial killer thing, mm -hmm. um, and seeing how many things all of them have in common to get them to where they're at is is quite a unique phenomenon. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, even like if, if you're right, it's really easy because I when you said that I remembered. Um, I think it's Doretha Puente. She was the Sacramento, uh, Sacramento, what is it? The death house lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was like in her 60s and 70s and she would take in these boarders who were um, elderly men or who were mentally unstable and she would poison them and just bury them in the backyard. And yep. it just went on like nothing ever happened because no one would think this sweet old lady would commit such a crime. And she did many times, which is yeah. insane that, you know, you, you really don't know who your neighbors are. Really well, and I think it just goes like anyone truly is capable of anything. Yes. Especially yeah. given the right circumstance or like you had mentioned, an injury, trauma, a, any number of things can happen. And any person is truly, I believe that, capable of anything. A hundred percent. I always tend to ask this question to a lot of people in the podcast, but what do you think uh, is like defines a ghost? Like what is your interpretation of a ghost? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um. A lot of people have different definitions, right? And I'm sure paranormal investigators have like a, a defined uh, definition for like what a ghost is, whether it's mm -hmm. an apparition, a ghost, an entity, a possession, a poltergeist, whatever. Uh, seeing as I'm not educated enough to know, mine for a ghost is I don't need something to be manifested in a physical sense for me to view it as a ghost. I think as long as there's an energy present, mm -hmm. I view that as a ghost. Um, 
if it can interact, especially, uh, you know, it doesn't have to slam doors, but again, sometimes you feel that little brush on the nape of your neck mm. there. Oh, another thing that we had, we had a ghost in the rest. I fucking hated Steve. We had a ghost in the restaurant. Wait, wait, and, wait, sorry. Sorry. I just, I just remembered this one. Even? He oh, was, no. he, it's just unlocked a, a core. Did I open a trauma? <laughs> you were like, no. So I hate, I hate, I hate country music. It's <laughs> it's a horrible genre of music. Oh, uh, no. I love I love old like love ballad country music, yeah. but like new age country is fucking garbage. Yeah. Come at me, I'll roast you. And so in the restaurant that we had, we had a um, like centralized radio system that we used to like play music and everything. And it would switch itself to the country station every time. Every every we'd switch it and sound for a couple of minutes and switch itself back. And uh, when we brought it up to to the building owner and everything, he's like, "Oh, that's Steve the Ghost. Like he likes to do that." And I was like, uh, "He likes country music." And I'm like, uh, "Yeah." I was like, "I was like, fuck you. No, this is this is just an issue with your fucking." Oh, Winona Judd. God damn. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Keith Brooks, and, and it was it was just it was an older system. So I was like, "No, it's just your system's fucking broken." So we replaced it, got a whole new one. And sure enough. Every couple couple minutes, couple hours, you would switch it back to the goddamn country. And I was like, this is bullshit. I hate everything about this. This is dumb. Um, he would also, in the woman's bathroom, he'd love knocking the purses off the toilets. If, like, you put your purse on the toilet, he would just bat <gasps> it off. Into the water? Into the water. I would be so angry. Oh, yeah. my God. I bet he thought that was cute. He thought that I thought it was. I, uh, I would have been playing Metallica, Cradle of Filth on all like different radios like try to change the stations on those my friend you could try even if we switched it to like uh play the cassette or a, or a cd because we wanted like mexican music playing he'd switch the two uh to radio it was yeah it's a oh fucking nightmare God. i hated him yeah i forgot you about steve. steve you're like god damn it steve <laughs> no every time he switched i was like steve fuck because <laughs> i'd have to walk my happy ass all the way to the back switch it back yeah, right. it, was a whole, it was a whole thing that was our ghost now yeah. oh steve <laughs> piece of shit well jonathan we're gonna definitely bring this episode to a close we hope that you had a you know pretty much you know made your amends with steve (laughs) (laughs) no someday once once i pass into the other side i'll meet him and we'll we'll figure it out yeah you guys we'll hash it out yeah not a moment right. sooner well, well first off what's happening with latinos against spooky shit what is oh, boy. works and where can people find you so hi everybody this has been <laughs> jonathan perez latinos against spooky shit uh you can find me everywhere as latinos against spooky shit um projects coming up boy I am a founder of an AP channel, an actual play channel for TTRPGs called Tabletop Tempest. It is the first channel that is founded by immigrants or uh, children of immigrant parents. Um, So it's myself, two other founders. Um, Between us, we represent uh, Mexican, Brazilian, uh, Korean, Japanese uh, cultures. And, you know, obviously we want to use this platform to raise up uh, the voices of marginalized community members in the TTRPG space. So 
we have just finished casting for two of our campaigns uh, that we're going to be recording and posting come summer 24. So keep an eye out for these amazing tales being told. Yes. Um, myself included, I will be recording posts. And mine might be later in the year, but they are coming. Um, as well as plenty of other projects that uh, some of them I can't announce quite yet, uh, depending on the time of this being posted. But just to be safe, uh, I am also part of a bunch of other TTRPG projects uh, featuring Tales of Novum, uh, featuring Nerd Immersion, uh, and a couple other players as well. Um, my own podcast coming soon officially um it is uh name to be determined but uh we're we're bouncing on a couple ideas we know what we want to do um i've been promising for a while now long form spooky content and here in the pacific northwest that i live in we've got plenty of it we've got a lot of uh, abandoned mining towns we have a lot of uh, a lot of reservations and tribes with their own folklore. So I don't want to just focus on the Anglo-Saxon side of of uh, spooky things. There's a <laughs> lot, a lot of of uh, indigenous and First Nations lore yes. um, and scary things that uh, I want to dive into. So that'll be coming soon. And that's about all that's on my plate. Otherwise, you guys can find me Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays streaming on Twitch. Uh, Mondays, we do Anime Monday, where we hang out, watch a couple of shows. Uh, and Saturdays, we do Spooky Saturdays, where we watch scary movies together for a couple hours, too. So that's what I got on my plate. Pretty, we love pretty it. Woo, we love it. Of course, you got to hustle. You're making it happen. Trying. Next up, I know Fast and Furious. We're trying to <laughs> I know we're in the talks too of um, doing a investigation with yes. you, dude. Whether that be here or we meet halfway, I think there was like talks about going to Virginia City. I'll still go there. Yes, me right, too, especially with Tanya. Yeah, and stuff. So we're gonna definitely plan that for you guys, and we'll definitely report it so we can show you all how Jonathan approaches the haunted And you don't have to be scared. I'm like 90% sure I'm a ghost cooler. So you'll be fine. Exactly. The fuck does that even mean? You know, like the coolers at Vegas that like sit at a table to like stop someone from doing a winning streak. I think I'm a ghost cooler a little bit. Oh, see, I thought, yeah. man, I'm so glad you, you elaborated because I thought a ghost cooler as in you just let ghosts inside you all the time. No, that's just random men on the internet. But hey, you know what? Make that money, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's Zach Baggins right there. Oh my god, damn. Ted, Ted, Ted. Well, thank you once again, Jonathan, for being thank our you. guest. Yes, thank we're you. It's been so fun. Guys, we're going to have you back again, of course. Of course. Guys, if you're not following Hollywood Paranormal on any of the social medias, please do so. You can follow, follow us at Hollywood Paranormal on Facebook and Instagram. And, of course, you can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at HWP Podcast. You can also learn more about us in the podcast on hollywoodparanormal.com there you'll find the patreon page for hollywood paranormal if you want to donate to the podcast to keep this train moving we really do appreciate everyone who signed up and is supporting our podcast so sweet and a big big shout out to our friend dr elliot van dusen hollywood paranormal has become a um, sponsor of the 2024 halifax Paranormal Synopsis. This is going to occur on October the 12th of 2024. For more information on the Halifax 
paranormal events, follow them at Halifax Paranormal Synopsin on Facebook. And you can also find it on our Facebook page. We'll be promoting it all the way up to October. And if you want to be in attendance, all that information is there. They have a lot of wonderful paranormal individuals who will be talking and giving speeches and lectures and workshops, Elliot definitely being one of them, and our friend Kim's darker side. So definitely don't want to miss out on it, especially if you're in and around the Nova Scotia area. Which I wouldn't mind going, by the way. Have you right. ever Come on now. No. Should we make a trip together? Yeah. <laughs> that was trip. Oh, Canada. Book yeah. yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and stay Holly Weird. Bryce, do you have anything else you want to say? I Jonathan, do you have anything else you would like to say? Dios bendiga, best of luck. And remember that if you heard it, no, you didn't. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, God. So, <laughs> bye, guys. <laughs>